0: Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. So that was an incredible, incredible, incredible time of worship. Hey, just want to welcome you guys to church. For those who don't know who I am, um, I'm Sal and I'm one of the pastors here. Yes, I have a Mario mustache and um, it's going to be the biggest mo in the church. So I'm glad to have you with us. Quickly, before I um, share what God has on his heart, I believe, for the church, I want to give a shout out. I don't normally do shout outs, but this beautiful, young, little girl deserves a shout out. And that is my daughter, Lydia, because it it is her birthday today. Yes, she turns the big seven. Happy birthday, my love. I'll see you soon today. And uh, you're amazing. You're a blessing to everyone. just want to give a shout out to her, so uh, there you go. Well. Why don't we kick off? Father, we just thank you for what you're going to do this morning. We pray that we come with hearts open, receptive to hear what you have to say through this little old Italian. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, growing up uh, as an Italian, one thing that is absolutely fundamental to our culture, my life, and my family, is a little thing called eating. We love to eat, and as a family we used to eat, um, we always would eat around the dinner table, the dining table, we did that every single day. Uh, We love to eat, from morning to night, it's all we do, us Italians, all we do is eat. We think and eat and breathe food. Uh, It's in our culture. I remember when I was visiting in Italy, uh, there was one morning I woke up super early And um, I could smell that Italian Nonna's pasta sauce from downstairs. Uh, I think if you know what I'm talking about, you know that kind of smell. It woke me up. It was beautiful. And um, I went downstairs. I was thinking, man, it's like 6.30 in the morning. Why can't I smell pasta sauce? Like, what's going on? There's breakfast ready, right, for us to eat. Nonna's making breakfast. At the same time, she's cooking our pasta sauce for either lunch or dinner. Like, they would wake up thinking about food. A little while ago, um Leon and Carl and myself, we had to go to uh, my mother-in-law's house to pick up a couple of things for our Mother's Day display. And I promised the guys, I said, guys, trust me, we'll go in. It's a quick 10 minutes. We'll say hi, you know probably you know give cuddles and then we'll get the stuff and we'll go and um, well you know what ended up being a 5 minute thing was a good 30 40 50 minute lunch break cuz uh, my mother in law loves food and she's like no no you have to come and eat and eat and she ma- pretty much made us lunch from scratch we ate it over the over the dinner table over the dinner table and um, we cuz there's something important about sharing a meal together now, as, as I said, growing up, we used to do this a lot around the dinner table at our house. There was no eating in front of the couch. Kids, if you're watching, yes, Daddy, and, Daddy was not allowed to eat in front of the TV. That was a no-go. We would eat 6 p.m., have dinner over the table, and um, if we were good, if we were really, really good, we were able to watch the 6 o'clock news while having dinner. I know, ladies and gentlemen, we feel that good. But if we were even better than good, in between the ad breaks, Mom and Dad would let us watch The Simpsons. I know, you can blame them for the reason why I am who I am today. Uh, Naughty, naughty. But eating together at the table is one of the most unique things we do as human beings. No other species actually does this. They eat wherever there is food. You see, the table is a place where memories and experiences are treasured. You know, the table is a place where the family gathers and, uh, you know, stories are shared and and, and communities built. The table is a place where you can relax, enjoy the moments, build it in relationship with those around you. There is something beautiful about eating at the table, and the Bible says a lot about it. Um, you know, Luke 14, 15 to 24, uh, which I will dive into later, I will talk about the great banquet. You know, in Psalms 23, 5, it's talking about God. He says, um, God, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. In Luke 12, it says, Bless are the servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at where? At the table. He will come and serve them. Speaking about Jesus in Luke 5, the Levi in 29 says, The Levi made a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. And even before Jesus died, And went to go on the cross for our sins. What did he do? He had dinner with his disciples reclining at the table. And God is calling us to come together and feast together at his table. So what's the table represent? Well in the natural it's a place where we eat and we gather and build a relationship. But in the spiritual it's a symbol of where we get our spiritual nourishment from. It's where we gather as a family, we're all together, we're building community, and we're actually eating spiritual food that God has for you and I. So the gatherings to eat together were an earthly representation of the heavenly banquet of His overflowing presence for the church. And we see this all the way in Exodus 37. Uh, A bit of history when they were building uh, the temple of God in in exodus 37 10 6 um, they also required to build god had them build a table and the table was meant to lead his people into a better understanding of who he is so this morning i want to invite you to take a seat at the table that's already there for you to remind each of us that we were not designed to live from one another. We weren't designed to just watch online and I know that we're currently doing that right now, but it doesn't mean we were created to do life this way, but rather join together as one family around the table ready to receive everything that's available to you and I, to encounter our King, to worship Him, because the table is where we are spiritually fed and nourished. See, the place, a place at the table represents so many things. It's like there's intimacy, there's relationship, there's authority, love, protection, and all these things. as family, and you have a place at God's table. Hey, church, I want to remind you that in a couple of weeks, in two weeks, not next week, but the week after, we're about to meet again in person. And I want to challenge us with this. Make sure we don't get in a habit of eating alone let's not have this drive-through church mentality you know what's a drive-through church mentality it's where I sink I swing by you know when you go to Macca's and you do your build your own burger you know um, you know we've all done this right we, we drive through and it's like I'll have the Big Mac but hold the pickle it's like I'll take the healing but hold the carry your cross part no 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 Christianity you get the whole thing you get your Big Mac and the pickle you get the healings and we carry the cross it's an all-in experience so we need to make sure that when we come back, that we all come back eating as one. Now yes, we need to encounter God for ourselves, hundred percent. We don't just rely on our Sunday services. Hear me. Her. We need to go, we go and spend time with God in our secret place, be in the Word, be in our cl- whatever it looks like at home. You have to do that. But the Word teaches us not to forsake the meeting together. We need to do both, not one or the other, we need both. So let's not allow our current circumstances to draw us away From this principle. So if you're taking notes, and if you're not, then that's fine. But if you want a title, it's this. It's a place at the table. A place at the table. And Jesus talks about this in uh, Revelations 3.20. And it says this. We we, we mostly know this verse, and it's a beautiful picture. Painting has been done about this verse. And it's not about unsaved people, although it might seem like, it. but this is God speaking Jesus speaking to the church, and He says this, I stand at the door and I knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, and what? I will dine with him and he with me. Me. You see, there's a picture of Jesus standing outside the church of Laodicea and he's knocking at the door to be welcomed, to be welcomed back into church. And, that, and that's a really interesting concept, right? He doesn't force himself upon us as a church, but he patiently waits. And see, here's a bit of history with the church of Osia. They were positioned in a very highly resourced area and they lived very comfortable lives. Now, as a result, they became prideful in their ability to provide for themselves. So much so that back in 60 AD, there was an earthquake that destroyed their city. Um, and this is in, 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 in books you can read. But they refused help, the, the, the city of Laodicea, they refused help from the Roman Empire, insisting that they can do it themselves. They became so comfortable so, and, and with, with what they can do that they all of a sudden started to become a little lukewarm. And the attitude made its way into the church where we find ourselves depending on themselves and not of God. And here, Jesus in Revelation 3.16, it says, So because you are lukewarm, because you're neither hot or cold, I will spit you out out of my mouth. You see, hot and cold water, they're good and they're useful, right? But lukewarm water is not good for anything. The question I want to ask ourselves is this, coming out of lockdown, we need to ask ourselves, hey, let's be honest, have I become lukewarm in this season? Because it's easy to do when you're on your own. When you're not together, when you're not when when we're not together, it's easy for the enemy to lie and to get us off track and to start to start living, you know, actually I can do this instead of being with God. I can do this. All of a sudden, we can easily become lukewarm and we don't even know about it because we think, but we're all under the same fire. We're all listening to the word together. You know, I, I love to barbecue and um unlike others. I do the real barbecue, okay? And, and, and that's not the gas barbecue. I do the real life coal fire barbecue. I'm not the best at it, I have, to, I have to say. I'm not the best at this. But what I've noticed is this. is It doesn't matter if the coals are all in the same fire. The fire's underneath, the coals are all there. If one or two coals are away from the rest, they will be heated up. The ones that are together will fan into flames, right? Even though they're under the same fire, the ones on their own, they don't become cold, they stay lukewarm. And what is this about? We need to come together under the same fire and be on fire with him again. So if you're lukewarm this morning, if you feel like you're further away from him, all you need to do is stop, turn around. And he's standing outside, and he will let. If you open the door, he will come in and feast with you. You might be thinking, uh, "Sal, I can't. You know, like, like, oh, I don't know if I can come back. I, I don't know what it looks like. There's so much to do. My freedom's back, and 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 what do I do? I just want to read you one thing. Well, the invitation's there, and this is what I want to say humbly. I want to read from Luke 14:15. It says here, talking about the great banquet. It says, "When one of those at the table." With him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who eat, who will eat and feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything's ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said, I've just bought a field and I must go and sit it, see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five ox yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servants, go out quickly to the streets and to the highways and the byways, grab the poor, the crippled, the blind, get, get everyone. And so uh, what you've ordered to do has been done, but there's still room. And, and the master told, go out on the roads, go everywhere and tell them to come. I want my house to be full. And then he said, I tell you, not one of these who are invited would get a taste of my banquet. Now look, at first it might seem pretty harsh, don't you think? You know, they're good at legitimate excuses. Like there's a good reason I've just bought land. But, but when you think about it, no one buys land without seeing it first, right? There's no there's no Google back then that you go and see the land to buy. it. You know, no one buys the the yoke of oxen before they actually see it first. And and the newly married couple, like what's stopping them from going to an event? See, these excuses and stop them from participating with everything that God has for them. Now, when we gather back, there's going to be one and be excuses why we can't go, why we can't feast. Can I just say, please be the one who doesn't have an excuse now for health reasons if you can't make and things like that that's absolutely i'm not saying that i'm talking about we've got that we don't get so comfortable at home because it's easier to sleep in it's easier just to switch on a tv don't allow that from stopping you from going into the table where god has prepared a feast for so much to give to you please the invitation is there for everyone and can not be honest, in this season, there's probably people who feel like, Sal, oh, I've stuffed up, I've blown it. I can't go back. If you know how I lived in this season, God won't accept me. I've done this. I'm away. I am lukewarm. I can't feel like a hypocrite going back. Well, you know what? This morning, I want to preach from Luke 15. And I, and I want to look at what it means to be invited to sit at the table. These invitations for everyone. And, and this is for everyone who's listening. This is for you. So why don't we look at Luke 15 for a second? Go to Luke 15. Get your Bibles out. Mine's preloaded. And um, I'm praying that this is speaking and, and blessing someone um, and hopefully stirring up a fire just to come back and worship our King together. It says here, But when he came to himself... Ah, sorry. So let's. this is a background story. Uh, this is the prodigal son's story. And what happens is the prodigal son, he's asked for his inheritance, he goes out and he squanders it. So much so that he's now in, in a, in hanging out with the pigs and he started to eat what the pigs eat. And he's like, what the heck is going on? My, like, my servants have it better than me. I'm eating pig filth. Like I've walked away. What's going on? He comes to this realization. And he says this, but when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I will perish ye with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose Uh, And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion and ran and embraced him and hugged him and kissed him. And the son started beginning saying, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, but I believe the father would have cut him off right there. He's starting to apologize. I believe he would have cut him off. But the father said to him, his servants, doesn't even acknowledge what he said. He goes, come quickly, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate for my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and he's found and they begin to celebrate. I love the father's heart. He didn't even converse with his son. In his eyes, he was already embraced into his arm the moment he turned from his way of life. So, to have a place at the table, number one, means we have a place of acceptance. We have a place of acceptance as sons and daughters of God. He says, He said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against earth. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Yeah, you know, I've asked for my inheritance. It means I'm, 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 I, I chose to say no more of you. And what does he do? He brings the best robe and he puts it on him. The son didn't feel worthy. And at times, we might think, I am not worthy. You don't know what I've done. I, you don't know what I've been over the last three months in lockdown. I'm not worthy. Do you know how I've been living? You know, maybe you haven't had all the time in the world to spend time with God. You've been homeschooling, and you feel this guilt and condemnation. Maybe you feel condemned. Only you know, but God, you can't earn your way back to God. And maybe you're like, if I, if I, if I come back and I crawl my way in and beg for God. The truth is, you cannot earn a place at the table by your behavior. Rather, it is by your position that you've got a place at the table. Your position is found in Christ. That's your. Position. So in your few weeks, when we come back, ask yourself this, I want, to, I want to challenge you. Are you coming back as a son or daughter, knowing your place at the table? Or are you trying to earn your place? Because family, friends, you can't earn your place at the table. The son didn't do a thing to earn a place at that banquet. There is nothing you can do. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9 says this, For by grace, You have been saved through faith. You are saved by His grace. And that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Not as a result of your works. There is nothing you and I can do. So that no one may boast. Why is this? This is powerful. That that is powerful because when you mix your behavior with your position, it brings confusion To your identity. When you mix your behavior to your position, when you mix the two, it brings confusion to your identity. We are broken vessels being restored into wholeness because of His amazing grace. And that's how we can come back to Him. We are accepted. See, before you can even say sorry, the moment your heart shifts and truly repents, of the way we've been living, the Rome, the, the, the garment of grace and love covers you a hundred percent. And when he sees you, he can see you completely covered with all forgiveness. Hebrews 10:17 says, Our sins he remembers no more, it's gone and dusted the robe symbolizes acceptance justification just as if you and i had never sinned and we you know we read these verses and we we usually say hey unbelievers think about this you 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 you're now washed clean but church we need to make sure that as believers as well that we don't fall into a habit of thinking we're unworthy that now because i'm a christian he counts my sin he remembers your sin no more when we repent Amen? Philippians 3.9 says, And be found in Him. Your position is found in Christ. Not having a righteousness, like a right standing with God on my own, that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The ability to stand right before God comes from our faith in Jesus. Nothing you can do can get you out of that at that table, you are completely accepted just as you are. Your behavior doesn't determine his love for you. The cross determined that love for you and I 2,000 years ago. So your behavior doesn't determine your position, but your behavior should reflect your position. Your behavior doesn't determine it, But your behavior should reflect it. It should reflect who we are in Christ. And so, in this season, if we feel like it hasn't, the the best part is that we can turn away, turn back, and start to represent our Father world in how we live, in how we speak, in how we converse. If we haven't done it, repent, turn back, you're accepted. Now, live as a son truly lives. You are loved, you are forgiven, you are absolutely accepted. hear that if anyone's feeling condemned, there is no condemnation. For those now who are in Christ Jesus, number one, at his table, you're accepted. He's put a robe on you. Number two, a place at the table is a place of authority. A place of authority. What did the Father do next? He put a ring on his finger. If you like it, then you put a Yeah, yeah, yeah. He liked you so much that he put a ring on your finger and bought you and now you have authority here on earth, it's not just any ring. This symbolizes. it symbolizes in, in, in biblical symbols, It's it's um, authority. Like you are his own child. It's more than just a, a, a jewelry. You now belong to him. You see, this is my wedding my wedding ring, and um, I remember many years ago I lost it. I lost it for a whole year. And um, it can't come off now. I made sure of that. And I remember I was shaking off my pants, my gym shorts, um, and it, 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 the ring fell out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I found it. I must have taken it off at the gym because, like, you know, when I'm doing weights, I don't want to break it. And um, I was so excited and I was like, babe, I found it. Like, yeah, Ooh, like we're married again. Yeah. Um, but what does this represent? That everything that is mine, when we got married, everything that was mine is now. Hers. Everything that is hers remains hers. I'm kidding. Everything that is hers is now mine. We are one. And remember what the father says to the other son. It says here in Luke 15, 31 to 32, your son, the, My son, the father said, you've always been with me. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because your brother was found. So everything God has because we um, uh, accepted, we now have authority. Everything that is his is now hours. See, I've never sat at the table, Now, I, I, hopefully you would agree, as a son, I've never sat at my mum and dad's table and ever begged my mum for more food. Especially in the Italian culture, they're making you eat more food, you're begging them to stop feeding your mum, I'm done, I'm done, manja, manja, like like, there's always, there's always more food and love. I don't have to beg, I don't have to ask, can I please have some more? It's an insult, it's on the table. And at the table of God, you don't have to beg God for what he has for you. You don't have to go, God, can I have some more? He's not gonna turn around and go, more, because he's not English, but you don't have to beg what's at the table. It is yours. But my question is, is do we know what is on offer at his banquet? Do we know what's available for you and I to feast on? When we come and worship him, when we're in his presence, do we know what is available to us? It reminds me of um, Jesus when he encountered a a Gentile woman in Matthew 15 21. And um, I'll quickly just just read that. And so Jesus withdrew Uh, And then a Canaanite woman, he came in crying, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter's being demon-possessed and he's suffering terribly. Jesus didn't answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged and said, hey, send her away. You know, she keeps crying after us. He answered, I was only sent for the lost sheep of Israel. This is important context right now. He was sent, firstly, for the lost sheep of Israel. But the woman continued, goes, Lord, help me. And he said, it's not right take children's bread and toss it to the dogs." And she said, "'Yes, it is, Lord.' She said, "'Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table.' And Jesus said, "'Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted.' And her daughter was healed at the moment." It is not fair to take children's food, referring, referring to healing, and and, and give it away. What's he saying? There's so much in this scripture um, we can't go into for time's sake. Um, but he wasn't A, being offensive. He was being honest. He said there's food, there's spiritual food for the children of Israel. And, and that is still available for us today. She's asking for healing. Jesus refers healing as food for children on the table. And, and 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 as children of God, as a place on the table, that means we're able to receive not the crumbs that fall, but the best that God has to offer on that table when we come and feast. All the blessings, all the gifts, all the, all the healing. Feelings, miracles, His love, His forgiveness, everything, all the love we need, all the security, all the comfort we need, it is all ours. Ephesians tells us in 1.3, blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What? Who has blessed us, blessed us, you and I, in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. See our Father is a faithful provider. And in our togetherness, like when we come and worship together, the faith within us, it stirs. And all of a sudden, we start to open up our spiritual eyes to see what is available for us to eat and to take with us. Now, we... We've got to be reminded when we come to the table that we have authority over sickness. We have authority over negative thoughts that can plague our mind. We have authority over demonic forces. Jesus has given you and I all the authority to break all the chains. You have all authority over the enemy. You have influence. You and I have influence to change lives right now. It is available to us. But so many of us, we don't know what's on the table because it's been a while since we ate at the table of God. It's a while since we've come and experienced Him in, 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 in His presence. And we forget that there's peace available. Not that the world gives, but the peace that Jesus comes and brings. The peace that can that can cover our minds and hearts and surpass all understanding all the worry we don't have to worry about it and what's available when we come into the presence of God. And we can do that on our own, but my goodness, I love the fact that God has built the church, Jesus is building the church so we can all come together and experience his goodness every single week and if not more and, and, and just be exposed to everything he has for us. <sighs> Lastly is this at the place of the table, we're accepted. We have authority. We don't have to beg for God to do things. We just ask and he will give. Knock, door will be open. Like He's so beautiful. And the third thing is this. There's a place of belonging. You belong. See, the sandals were the final piece to his restoration. And back then it was like, here you go, no more barefooted. You be. Long He. Not only are you accepted by God and you get to feast with him. not only does He give you authority, but you also belong with Him in heavenly places, but also you belong with a larger family. The son did nothing to deserve a place of belonging. It's a part of his identity. You belong because of who you are, because you're a son and a daughter, you belong straight away. You belong to a greater family. You don't just belong to God, you belong to others uh, with others. You know, uh, we, obviously we've been doing Zoom online, and shout out to my my Connect group. Sorry, uh, Zoom Connect. Love you guys. You're the best. And um, my Connect group, incredible, we meet on Zoom. And um, this is what happens when the family gets together. And I know we're not meant to do Zoom, but this is imagine this in real life. But someone had a someone's going through a moment, uh, an experience, and this they, they're facing some hard things in life. And all of a sudden, God speaks to another person in my connect group and and gives this person a wisdom and revelation, shares an experience that this person went through and how God broke something on their life and then was able to encourage this other person. And they receive breakthrough here, there and then and healing. And you can just see it. And that's just over Zoom, man. Like imagine when we're back in person. Like that is what happens when you're connected with the family. God speaks and uses other family members to bring all that he has for you. I think about your dining experience at home for a moment. Think about it, when you're with your family, then this is, should be normal, not one person, there isn't just one person who does everything, right? Like in my home, if my wife cooks, then she doesn't clean. Like that's end of story, like I will clean. My kids will do the table, you know, but when I cook, I clean. I'm joking. I love you, babe. I do. I just I clean because I love you. But what am I trying to say, right, is that there's no there's no. Um, I do everything and then everyone just eats, gets full and goes watch TV. No, 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 no. We all set up and we all help, right? Like when you visit someone for dinner, if I was to um, say I was to come to Leo and Christine's for dinner one night, right, um, would they expect me to set the table? I don't think so, because usually the table's set, right? Do they expect me to do the dishes? No, I always try and get up and do the dishes, but they're always like, no, 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 sit down. Sit down, why is that? Because I'm a guest. I I don't live here, I'm a guest, right? Um, but when I go to my mum's house and I and, and they want me to do stuff around the house, I usually go, oh, Ma, I'm a guest here. Mum's like, you're not a guest and blah 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 in Italian and then she makes me do the dishes and stuff. Of course, I'm kidding, right? But we're family. We 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 help one another and guess what I do? When I'm here, I will help do the dishes. Why? Because we are family. We are not guests in our own home. When we go back to church, we're not guests, right? We serve the guests, right? And, and so we serve, we put out the dishes. We actually do the dishes. We, we get involved. We are family. We come together to feast. We come together to experience his presence, to worship. But we also come together to serve one another because we are not guests, we're family. Galatians 5.13, it says this, as I close in a few moments, it says this. You, my brothers and sisters, I thought it said yo, yo, my brothers and sisters, it's my spelling. Uh, We are called to be free, yo, Um, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, what do you do with your freedom? Serve one another humbly in love. Let us make sure that we don't use our freedom to justify, to just indulge in whatever we want. You know, um, it it encourages, don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Now, the flesh doesn't mean sin. Okay, the flesh is flesh. So it could be uh, my own desires. My own desires just to come to receive. My desires to go to the beach in the morning. My desires to do whatever I want. No, 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 no. Let's serve one another in humble, in humbleness, in humility towards another. We do it in love. We esteem others before ourselves. We lay our lives and we serve other people. We're motivated by love. You know, I'm excited to come back and actually serve. Uh, I can't wait to be in the kids department. This is not a plug, but a shout out. It is actually, if you want to get involved our Inspire Kids ministry, we'd love to have you on board. But I, um, you know, there's one thing I've loved about lockdown is seeing my little kids worship. And they love Jesus, you know, they sing songs like, you know, I got peace like river, and uh, you know, the B-I-B-E-L-E, all that kind of stuff, right? And, and and to see the joy in their faces when they worship their God, I can't wait when, when I'll use my freedom as a son to serve our children, to actually help facilitate them worshiping their Jesus. Like there is nothing better to seeing that happen. And I want to stir that passion within you this morning to see that this table, this vast table is not just put on on its own, but we all come together with our giftings to serve one another. You know, Jesus, just before he passed away, passed away, Passover, (laughs) before he died at the Passover, there you go, Um, he had dinner with his disciples in the evening You know, they had their last meal and this is what happens. He, um, after that, he poured, he said this, he goes, Jesus, um, he got up, he took off his robe and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured, he poured uh, water in the basin and uh, he started to wash his disciples' feet. And after he'd done that, he says, Do you not understand what I've done to you, for you? You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. And now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I've set an example that you do as I have done. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the ones who sent him. Now that you know all these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. This is Jesus' last time with his disciples. And he, after they feast, they go in and they eat together, and he got on his knees. He took off the rope, got on his knees, speaking of humility, and began to do the most menial task back then, and that was to wash the feet of his followers. And then he says, do the same thing. The Bible often says it's better to give and to receive. And we know that. We walk in love and humility. So I'm excited to announce, GGC Life Church, that we are launching our brand new ministry in November. It is the Feet Washing Ministry. Woo! And um, I'm only kidding. Um, but there's something powerful when we come and serve one another, like it breaks off all pride. Like it breaks off all unforgiveness when we come in love to serve one another it builds into relationship it brings love towards it shows that we value one another but ultimately it's this we serve our father in heaven like everything he's done for you and i everything i've just talked about the fact that he welcomes us the fact that he he, he embraces us he calls us sons he died on the cross for our sins he 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 invites it like he does everything for us After all that, how can I not serve my God? How can I not just give him my all? How can I not? He gave everything. I didn't have to do a thing but turn. All I did was turn. And he does it all. You know, Colossians 3, 23, 24 says this. We're reminded in whatever you do. Say whatever I do. Say whatever. Whatever. Whatever you do. Whether it's serving a church, maybe it's in your in your job working during the week, maybe you're at home with your kids, maybe you're helping a friend out. Hey, whatever it is, whatever you do, okay, whatever you do. Work hardly as for the Lord and not for man. Knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Like it's incredible. Like I didn't—I just thought about this now. Just this a revelation. We serve Him because we get to. It's our way of going. God, I thank you so much. What can I? I would just want to do anything for you. And even still, the Bible says that we will be rewarded because of what we do for Him. That blows my mind. Like I don't want anything back from what I do for You. You've given me everything already. I do this to, as, as 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 because I love You. That's how good of a God we serve. After everything we've done, He's done for us. Church, as I close, maybe you're not hungry this morning. You know, maybe you're like my kids who have an afternoon snack every time before dinner and they eat too much that they're too full to come and sit at the table and they don't eat what I've prepared or my wife's prepared. So many of us in this season can easily have been fu- fueled and, and, and full on the stuff that doesn't necessarily sustain. And so we skip our main course. We don't eat. We don't fellowship with God. We don't receive all He has because we're satisfied with the other stuff. But what happens if that in, in the natural world? You miss your dinner. And then about 8.30, 9 o'clock, you're sitting down in front of the TV with a bag of chips. And you're eating junk again. Why? Because the things of this world do never truly satisfy I promise you, it doesn't. They, they feel nice in the moment. They, they fill that little gap for a moment, but you're always hungry again. The moment you eat a beautiful feast, you're full and after that you want to sleep. That's, why, that's what we do in, in Italy. The same with God. If we're, if we're full of the stuff that, 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 that we think will fill us, we don't go to Him in His banquet. We feel like we're good, but we never, ever are satisfied. You know what you need to do? You need, to note, you need to starve yourself from the stuff that you've been eating so you can be hungry for what God has for you. Man, in a couple of weeks when we come back, I can just see like a 10-hour worship experience. <laughs> I just want to get before Him. And if you're feeling not like that this morning, I want to pray for you. And I just want to pray that, that um, we repent and we just turn back to Him. That we would walk away from our lukewarmness, if that's some of us. Walk away from our lifestyles. And watch him embrace us. So, Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your goodness. And right now, anyone who feels that, um, you know what, they're not on fire. They are a bit lukewarm. Maybe they feel afar. Maybe they don't know that they're approved. Maybe they don't know that they belong. I whatever it is, Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would just calm, convict heal and restore right now. I thank you for your love, your peace, your goodness. Let them know that they are sons and daughters, that they're loved, that they're embraced, Lord, and that there is a place at the table for them. Let's just thank you, Father, that we will just be so on fire for you in this next season. So hungry for the more of you, in Jesus' mighty name.